everybody and welcome and welcome to discover rising ties uh and this is actually show number 19 so we're getting close to the to 20 really exciting discover rising ties how the outside makes the inside better where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance through this series we'll be talking to the women business owners to understand their journey and today i'm excited to introduce katie olstrom hi katie Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. I'm excited to have our conversation. And so Katie is a financial coach, a teacher, speaker, and she works with driven women who are ready to pay off their debt and create a substantial future that includes simple strategies so they can reach their goals and live out their dreams. With over a decade of experience in teaching and coaching combined with her own debt-free journey and simplified life, Katie provides a unique service for her clients to help them slow down map out their own journey, a joyful debt-free journey, and create a life that has way less stress around money. So, so much to talk about. And, and I'm really excited. And, you know, the, what COVID has done for us and what and has brought us to this virtual world, because I don't think that we would have met it without it. Probably and, not. <laughs> no, probably not. And then, and then come to find out so, so we can both kind of geek out on the financial part, but I think what's even, even more fun is, so I was trying to calculate the year difference here, but you live about a mile and a half from where I used to live there, but it was a really long time ago. So 38 <laughs> years ago, possibly. So, so there's that, that logistically piece that's in common. And it was just kind of fun to talk to somebody about um, you know, but where you do similar things when you said, oh, that coffee shop. And I'm like, oh, wait, isn't that my gas station? So cool. Yeah. <laughs> Those little things. So, so before we start talking about your business, give us an idea. Tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got here. Oh my gosh. Um, where do I begin? So as you said in the bio, I am a teacher and a coach, and I've actually always been a teacher and a coach, just in different forms. So I started out um, my professional career actually as a high school teacher. I was a high school Latin teacher for almost 15 years and also an athletic coach for almost 20 years before I sort of moved out of that realm. And it's really funny because so many people, when I left my teaching career, and I, you know, I was sharing with people, oh, I'm starting this business, I'm going to be a financial coach. The response is, you know, well, people, people identify you, right, by how they know you. Mm -hmm. And so many people were just like, I don't, I don't understand, like, you're, you're the Latin teacher, how like, there's just, there was no bridge for them. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was such an obvious shift, because I had spent a couple of years in my 20s, paying off all of my debt and really going through this transformative time. It affected obviously my finances, but I think so much of my money stress came from the fact that it was reaching into other aspects of my life. So my relationships, how I was showing up at work, um, just my self-confidence, right? All of it was affected by the financial piece. And so when I actually took the time to clean that up, to make that huge change, um, it transformed everything for me. So that seed had been planted. Like, this is a really good thing. <laughs> this is a really cool 
transformation. And it, it sat with me, it percolated after, you know, all those years. And so when I finally realized now's the time to leave teaching, I grew up with entrepreneurs for parents. I knew I wanted to do my own thing someday. Well, I was in my mid thirties, someday had come and <laughs> I decided to make that shift. It was an obvious move for me. It was an obvious thing. You know, entrepreneurs look for a way to help people, right? I mean, that's when you start a business, it's, I have this thing that'll help people. I want to go help people with this thing. That was what came up for me. That's all I really had that felt so powerful in my life. And so it was a very obvious shift for me. And it was just kind of fun to see everyone's reactions. I always got that reaction anyway, when I told people I was a Latin teacher, they're like, whoa, that's not what I expected. And so I'm used to that. <laughs> my first thought is, man, that's heavy. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun though. Isn't it interesting how, not necessarily pigeonholed, but how people perceive us based upon our roles and that perception when you, when you change, when you make a shift, how that perception can change, or it takes a while from them to see the change. Absolutely. And I, I was actually just thinking about this yesterday or this morning, um, because my husband and I were having a conversation just about work and what he was doing in our future, like the big kind of talk. Um, and to me, I mean, I've left that I mean, that was my degree in college, right? It was the classics of Latin. I studied abroad in Rome. I had been a student of Latin for 15 years before I even started teaching it myself, right? So it had been this like really long journey. I'd been on almost 30 years. Mm. And I just don't, like, that's not me anymore. I mean, I that identity has, it is a part of me, but I do not identify as the Latin teacher, the classics major, it really has no hold on me or my mm. life at all, even though I have so many wonderful memories. And I, I really do. I identify as the coach. I identify as helping women with money, with their behaviors, with their habits. And so much of what I've done in the past has informed how I work with my clients now, how I do that work. But I really, yeah, it, it is so funny because I know so many people probably still see me that way. And I'm like, wow, that is skin that I have shed. I mean, that's like not even me anymore. So it is, it's fascinating. You know, and I think when you, when you can walk the walk and you can see that transformation of yourself, it gives you a different mindset to be able to help others. And I like what you said about entrepreneurs have a business and they want to figure out how they can help others, but which is, I never, I guess I never put the two together, right? But it's true. But what happens, I think, too, in your situation is that you didn't just have this thing that you wanted, that you thought could help others. You had this thing that helped you and it was transformative for you. And now you're able to share that and the compassion and the enthusiasm for, for this, this, this coaching and in what you're teaching and what you're helping people with is not easy for people to make a shift and change. Yeah, that's for sure. And so having that compassion and that I've done this before, I know how you feel and you can, you can identify things like avoidance and wins and help people work through those stages with your personal experience. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That empathy piece is huge. Um, mm -hmm. I've been in your shoes. I know where you are. I can feel those feelings. Um, again, like that is skin I have shed, but mm -hmm. I can step into it. I can still feel it. And I remember sort of how, how hard those initial actions are to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when did you start the coaching business? I started the coaching business almost four years ago. So mm -hmm. in early 2018, um, and I was still, I was still teaching. So I retired <laughs> quote unquote in June of 2018, but I got the ball rolling, figured out just, you know, who I wanted to work with and what this financial coaching thing even meant. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had my experience, um, my story, but what did this look like to actually sit with a client, do the work? What does that mean? And so after the summer, um, after I finished my teaching, uh, teaching work, and I had two very young children at home over the summer, I really launched into coaching that fall and have been working with clients every month since. So it's gone through a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. um, COVID had a huge impact on my business, what I was doing, the sort of structure of what I was doing. But it kind of came full circle. I started out doing exactly what felt the best, which was sitting down with people one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. and really just intimately helping them figure out the best path forward. And after all the iterations I went through, I'm right back there. <laughs> it is what I love to do. It is that, um, that sort of relationship and that really like deep personal work that mm. I'm best at that I love. And it is so not what my clients are expecting necessarily. Um, well, I should say people who are interested in being a client, it's not what they're expecting. By the time they decide to work with me, they kind of know, oh, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. But um, there's, it's a lot of sort of life coaching that's mixed in because like my experience, right? Money touches everything. And so we have to look at the big picture and so was it a, what was the, what was the mindset change like for you from going from being an employee to being a business owner? Was it different? Was there a shift there that happened? Um, in some ways, yes. So as the sole Latin teacher at every school I ever taught at, there was always this element of, I have to sell myself. I have to sell my program before mm -hmm. it gets cut. Mm. So there was actually always that Very kind similar. of yeah, <laughs> entrepreneurial also, piece to being a teacher. <laughs> totally. And I was also a varsity coach for various sports. So I, I had to be the, the salesperson for mm -hmm. my programs if they were going to survive at the school. No one mm. else is doing it for me. And so I had that experience. And I think that kind of interfacing with different cohorts, the students, the parents, the, you know, board of trustees, other faculty members, being on committee meetings, like all of that stuff really informed how I sort of get to the most important essential piece of what I do and sell it. <laughs> so <laughs> that is something that I definitely was able to, you know, bring over from my nine, I, I wouldn't call it a nine to five, but my teaching career. Mm -hmm. um, the other piece is that I 
had a pretty easy transition financially. And mm-hmm. right, this is something, this is part of my story. You know, I was able to put myself in a position where going from the steady paycheck to this sort of unknown mm-hmm. wasn't that scary because we had put ourselves in a position where I, well, first of all, I was a private school teacher, so I didn't make very much money. <laughs> so that, that gap I had to bridge was quite was small. a little bit smaller. <laughs> um, yeah. And so and that's, and, a whole and we nother, had, that's a whole nother conversation about how much teachers actually make, whether it's private or public, but that's a whole nother call. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so that was an easy bridge to gap my, and, and then things just kind of worked out too. So we were able to change our childcare hours to much less, which was a huge cut in our, you know, expenses. And the universe was like, oh, why don't we make this even easier? And my husband got a raise and then a promotion within a couple of months. During that time, I was making that transition, like like percolating on the decision to even Mm -hmm. leave. So we kind of sat there and I was like, okay, now there's really very little (laughs) that I need to produce to even break even, you know, so it felt really, really good. Um, So that, that helped my mindset where instead of that sort of feast or famine, um, paycheck to paycheck, client to client, Mm -hmm. you know, I have to produce results right now feeling I could just figure out, you know, what was this thing I was doing and how did I want to do it? And even with that, I'll call it financial security, but even with that mindset of, you know, this doesn't have to be frenetic. This doesn't have to be so charged. Mm-hmm. I still wanted to do well, right? I mean, I, I'm i a competitor. I've, I'm a former athlete, coach, you know, all those things, right? So I still wanted to succeed. So I, I did have that mindset of, you know, more, more, more. And that is definitely something that I've had to work on over the years. And it is in many ways what I help my clients work on, you know, clients who are trying to save money and pay off debt and save for retirement and their kids college, like doing so much at once Mm -hmm. and never really feel like feeling like they're getting anywhere, anything done. So that's, um, that's been really eye opening for me too. just the, the sort of correlation there. Mm -hmm. And, and the simplification, the need for simplification also to be able to work a program. And so when you said that when you're talking with clients, it's not what they expect. In what way? So <laughs> a lot of my clients think I'm just going to dive headfirst into the spreadsheets, the budgets, the numbers. And to be clear, we do. I mean, that mm-hmm. is a big part of what we do. But I am not a financial numbers expert. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't do the um, gosh, I don't even know the words of what I don't do. So one of my clients, I'll, this will make it um, a little more clear. One of my clients owns an accounting business, mm-hmm. right? She is a multi six figure account. Uh, you know, she owns this very successful accounting business. And when we get on a call, I think, oh gosh, she's going to want to do like all the number stuff. Right. And so that's part of our work together is we get on, it's like, okay, you know, client, we're not going to focus on this today. Like, I know you want to, right. But we're going to do the stuff that you aren't good at. Like we're going to do the, the behavior stuff, the stuff you're thinking about the stuff that feels really uncomfortable when I bring it up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people 
I'm trying to think of a good analogy here, but a lot of people, you know, they come to coaching, they come to something like this, hoping to improve on the thing that they're already good at. Yes. So someone might be really good at paying their bills on time. Mm -hmm. Right. And they are, they, they pay the credit card bill every month on time. They pay all their bills on time. They're very organized and yet they're not saving money. They're not communicating with their spouse very well. They don't feel good about their income, right? It's just, there's other stuff and they come to coaching and they say, well, let's just, let's just look at my, let's just look at my plan and let's look at the spreadsheet and you know, how well it's like, no, 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 we're not doing any of that. You already know how to do that. Right. So, but we, we think that we need coaching in the thing that we're already good at. And so that's, what's really uncomfortable about coaching. Sometimes that's what can be really hard at first to get started is that we focus on the thing that feels the, the, the most, I mean, uncomfortable is really the Mm -hmm. best word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in for being on your side of that conversation in the very beginning, that can, I know that when I'm dealing with clients, it's easy to talk about what they're comfortable about. Yeah. And in, and it, it, it takes bravery on your side too, to, to give them permission to open up and allow them space to talk about what's uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can't force the issue. Right. Um, and a lot of things, I, I mean, I've had, I've had so many sessions where we, we kind of wrap up, right. We're wrapping up the session and I'll have a client say, okay, there's one more thing I need to tell you. <laughs> and it's like, it's a, it's a big thing. It's usually a really big thing. It took the whole but, time for them to get the, to, for it to yeah. be able to get it out. <laughs> and there's yeah. that, but there's that comfort in the sessions over so I can say it, but we don't have to talk about it. And then there's the space to sort of let it hang there. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it easier than going into the next session. So I've even found that following up after the first session with clients and saying, you know, um, just, just saying like, it was so great to talk to you. Um, it, it felt like, you know, there's a lot more that we're going to be able to uncover. What have you been thinking about? So, you know, like even, even sort of like starting to pull those things out mm. because it can be easier sometimes. It's like when people text or on social media, it's like the, they're not talking to a real person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to pull some of those things out sort of in between, Mm-hmm. And then gently incorporating them into our sessions has been a strategy that's worked too. So, it, yeah, and that that's a skill that you develop as a teacher trying to get kids to learn Latin, probably. Oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have skills to yeah get people to show up, not fall asleep, pay attention, do their homework, <laughs> and all of that is incorporated in your business because people don't, they just don't just showing up for a coaching session, whether you're coaching about finances or you're asking for coaching about anything. It's not just when you show up for the meeting, it's the back work that that has, that happens and holding people accountable to it. That's hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's hard on our side to hold people accountable at times. It can be uncomfortable, but that's why they, that's why they're coming to you in the first place. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what does it look like? What is your normal progression with a client in our and are your meetings all one on one or do you do group sessions as well? So that's like a two, three piece question. So pick one. Of yeah, those. <laughs> well, this, it's pretty easy. Um, my my coaching is one on one. I do have I do have um, free challenges and paid workshops that I do throughout the year, mm-hmm. but those are. I do the paid workshop just a few times a year and then a challenge maybe once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. So the bulk of the work I do is the one-on-one and that is, yeah, with usually it's um, an individual and mm-hmm. I also work with some couples mm-hmm. and the progression really depends on the individual. Um, I like to have a really clear starting point. So where, where are you? And sometimes that takes a few months, quite honestly, because clients don't share it all, or they don't even really know it all. Like part of coaching is getting really clear about your situation. Mm. And there can be, like you said before, so much avoidance Mm -hmm. that that $70,000 tax bill that we've been putting off or ignoring or have on $50 a month payments, they don't even think of it Mm -hmm. to mention. And a couple of months later, it'll come out and it's like, oh, by the way, that that changes our strategy a little bit. (laughs) Um, So I've found that and I and I've sort of changed my structure between, you know, how many months I work with clients at a time. I found that it has to be a minimum of of six months because it really can take time for everything to surface and for the whole story to come out. Um, And so that is really step one. Mm -hmm. What is, who are you? What is your life? What does a day look like? Um, Are you happy? You know, Mm -hmm. is your, is your home life happy? Is your work life happy? And how are those things affecting our behavior with money? Are we making the choices that we're making? Do we have the behaviors that we have or the set of circumstances that we have? Is that based on really not knowing what we're doing all this for, really not feeling very purposeful, really not having strong connections or relationships, or do we simply just not know what to do? Do we simply not know how to create a budget, have a plan? So I really like to eke that out and figure out, you know, what do we need to focus on? For some people it is, Here's how you actually put a plan together for other people. Mm -hmm. It's here's how you have that really uncomfortable conversation with your spouse or your mother or your grown Mm -hmm. child. Um, And for others still, it's here's why you have money. Here's why we want money. (laughs) Like, Here's a really good reason for you to do well financially Mm -hmm. and not just live by default and see what happens to you. Um, So those are, those are some ways I kind of like to get started and just, figure out what's their goal. What do I perceive as sort of an ideal goal and kind of bring those two together? Yeah. Um, I like that because it gets to work. Yeah. I like that because what they think their goal is might not really be what their goal should be. Yeah. And then you coming in as a, as a um, impartial third party, can can assess well here's had you thought of this or here's something else that you might need to be working towards that can make it more appropriate 
Yeah, and I think too, I mean, some people, a, a lot of my clients, I'd say probably two thirds to three quarters, I mean, quite a few have a, a lot of debt to pay off. Mm -hmm. And when we first get started, that is, I mean, that's the goal or, or that is the feeling I have to get rid of this debt. I have, mm -hmm. I have to pay off this debt. I need to get rid of it. And, and that's no joke. Usually, what's it's no that? joke. That process is no joke. It All is the, yeah. so hard. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, what I find is that the first problem to solve is how do we get through a month without using debt? How do we get through a month without feeling insecure um, about our own ability mm -hmm. to use the resources that we do have? How do we actually have money in a savings account and hold it there? Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, an exercise that I think is so interesting is, and I've asked people in my community before, you know, if I gave you $5,000 today, what would you do with it? And I have like over a thousand women in my community. And most will start with, well, I'd give half away. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's a very noble and worthy idea. But no, <laughs> you know, that's not what you should do with it first. Um, and so a lot of us sort of have this sort of instinct that if there is money left over because I haven't been intentional about it or because there was no real plan around this, it's either a fluke or I don't deserve it or mm -hmm. it won't happen again. It was an accident. It's not really mine or all these things, all these stories and mindsets that we have about money. And so really just working on that first before we pay off debt, because there's no point in paying off your debt if you haven't worked through all the stuff that landed you there in the first place. You will use your credit card again. You'll, I mean, I have a client right now. Um, they've been bailed out a handful of times now to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars in credit cards again and again. And we're, I'm working with them now. They've got 70,000 plus in credit card debt and they want to know how to pay it off. And I'm like, nope, we're just going to sit that over there. We're just going to park it. It's going to sit there. It's going to be uncomfortable, but paying off your debt is not what you need to do. You've done it before. Mm -hmm. and it hasn't worked. So really looking at what's the actual problem here that we want to solve? What's the work that we really want to start with that's going to trickle into everything else? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in our relationship with money and quite often, you know, people that I see have gone through what you do, right? So they're quite often on the other side. And so their yeah. relationship money has changed because they're you know, working into the more of a, the abundance mindset. But I think when people, you made a really great point that if they've never had savings, they don't know they deserve savings and, and it shouldn't be a fluke. It should be part of the normal practice. You don't, you don't spend everything that comes in the door. Right. So, and I think that, you know, society, we, we do a really terrible job teaching people about money and relationships from the very beginning, from school on through. And we're very, it's such a blanket statement, but in general, we're very, we're very closed about money and relationships. And what you're doing is so, so important. And what do you feel? So when you start with a client and you're going through this process, 
how does it, how do, how do your clients change? So at the end of that six months or longer, however you're working with them, with them how do you see that transition and that transformation? A lot more empowerment, um, mm. a lot more confidence. Mm-hmm. I have had some clients, um, you know, we've almost had to go through the process twice. So I've had some clients where they do, they pay off a lot of debt and they almost went too quickly Mm -hmm. and then they're afraid to spend money on themselves. So they'll save money, right? But they're so goal focused Mm -hmm. that they're starting to realize that they're not really enjoying themselves or enjoying money. And so that's an element I try to bring in from the beginning, Mm. even if there's a lot of debt to pay off, even if we have nothing in savings, how are we really making sure that every dollar that we plan is in alignment with what it is that we actually want? So for example, (laughs) there are so many people who will add things that they really want to their Amazon wish list or their Amazon card, right? And so it might be something like a like a $40 book that's a little bit more rare or really nice, but it's something they really want. Mm-hmm. And so they'll put it there and they'll leave it there and they'll think, ah, I can't, like, that's too much for a book. I can't, I can't, I can't. But over the course of a month, they'll go to Target, Home Goods, buy a couple things on Amazon for, you know, $13 here, $7 here. And they spent far more than here. the book was. Far more than the book was. And so just bringing awareness to that, um, going through what what are you spending money on? What are you planning to spend money on? What is something that would feel really good to spend money on this month? And putting that in the plan, but then being really, really careful to not do those other things that really don't matter. Um, you know, spending a small fortune on takeout because you forgot to go to the grocery store or, or whatever, you know, this we, we oftentimes borrow money or overspend because we're of a lack of planning or just out of convenience, sometimes necessity, of course, but a lot of it's convenience, lack of a plan. And so that's something I really just like to focus on too. How can we look at the month in advance? How can we identify those places where convenience has to creep up and then we overspend? Mm-hmm. And how can we instead really make a commitment to avoiding that kind of trap and spending the money here where we want to. Yeah. I like the word you used awareness because maybe a lot of people don't realize they don't see it, but looking in from the outside, you can show them what's obvious from looking from the outside in and that and bring that awareness to those actions so then they can really learn to recognize when what the triggers are and what what is happening for them for those things yeah and i mean we're so emotionally invested in our own budgets i I mean literally how we spend money is a reflection of our life our lifestyle and so there is so much emotion tied to all of that for me to be able to come in and say okay, talk to me about your phone bill. Talk to me about your cable bill. I know those are sort of the classic, everyone thinks you're going to be asked to cut those um, down, but 
oh, you know, why is there $300 there for pets, right? I can just ask questions because mm -hmm. I don't know the answers. Mm -hmm. And to have people talk through sort of each part of their life, that gives me, number one, a sense of who they really are and what they care about. And then I can help them sort of craft the new plan. And I can hear the, uh, literally the sigh of desperation mm -hmm. or the guilt or whatever those, you know, what's, what's, you know, um, Bill asterisk. And they're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and they like launch into a whole story about this, you know, uncle bill that they buy coffee for four times a month because blah, blah, blah. So, you know, so it's just really interesting to you sort of step into their lives that way, be the objective, um, you know, perspective, but get to really understand the emotion mm -hmm. in their plan, in their, in their lifestyle. Um, and, and try to bring some objectivity to their perspective, like try mm. to help them look at things objectively and, and make light of it a little bit. I mean, I think that's something that I do pretty well is, um, help my clients laugh about the stuff mm. that typically feels so heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, something I find myself saying a lot is, yeah, this is, this is messy, but I've seen worse. I mean, you're not alone. And, a lot of, you know, we all get into this kind of mess and I have my own stories and anecdotes I can share. And so I think that really helps too, to just make them feel like this is just a, it's normal. And mm -hmm. what I've been through is normal. And I'm actually really freaking amazing and brave to be doing this work now. Mm -hmm. So giving, you know, I give my clients so much credit for even being a client, right? Even mm -hmm. doing yeah. this financial coaching. It's so. hard. It's hard to yeah. open yourself up for, because you're, you have to open the closet and you have to watch things fall out. Yeah. And then you have to explain the things that fell out. And, and that, that is, that does, that does, that's raw. And it does take, it does take um, courage for people to be exposed like that. And willing to, willing to, to do the hard work to get to where they need to be, because it is hard work. And as you're, as you're talking to your clients and hearing their stories and helping them through that, what do you do for yourself to make sure you're not absorbing their, their energy surrounding their situation how do you take care of yourself yeah that um that took me some time to figure that out mm. i i actually burnt out working with one-on-one -on -one clients in early i would say late 2019 i probably had 26 28 clients at a wow. time and i was really 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 stressed mm. um and i think part of it was just my own systems and processes and <clears throat> how, how I was connecting with clients. It just wasn't as um, smooth <laughs> as it is now. Um, but I would lay awake a lot of nights, crunching numbers in my head, mm -hmm. like thinking about, you know, how could blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, just because I would meet with three, four clients a day and it would be so hard for me to just get a good night's sleep. <laughs> so I, that's taken a lot of mindset work on my part. It's taken just 
some practice and experience on my part. I mean, I think the same thing was true when I was a high school teacher. I would have a kid in my class that didn't really like Latin. And I would be like, I will make you like Latin, right? Only one. And what's that? Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and what, you know, what I've found is that that's not everyone's going to like Latin. Um, <laughs> and not all of my clients are going to be successful overnight or mm -hmm. have a really obvious, clear path forward. But that's not my job. My job mm. is to inspire them. My job is to help them take the next step. Mm -hmm. My job is to really just be very clear and, you know, have very clear expectations, set very clear boundaries mm -hmm. and, and follow up, you know, just make sure they show up and follow up. And so like, those are the things I can control. Mm -hmm. um, I hug my husband a lot. <laughs> there will be, there will be a lot of, you know, I'll have some hard sessions with a couple and, you know, that night at dinner, I'll give my husband a big hug and he's like, oh boy, who'd you talk? You know, like he kind of knows, you know, when I just, I'm so grateful for, mm -hmm. you know, what we've done and the work that we've done. And so that's something we talk about a lot too, and really just have so much gratitude for the work that we did mm -hmm. earlier, you know, early on in um, our marriage and, you know, just for me, just to go back to that time when I was so stressed and that choice to make a change and just thinking my past self, right, for mm -hmm. that. Um, so I think it's just, it has, it's bred a lot of gratitude and like everything though, just the time and the experience I've learned that I, there is only so much I can do. Mm -hmm. um, my clients are adults. And I've even, you know, I've had cases where sort of our first run together, it didn't feel, or not our first run, but we'll, you know, I'll work with a client for six months and I'm not really sure what they got out of it. Right. And, you know, it didn't really, it was okay. Like, I know they made progress, but there were times when I just thought, gosh, I don't, I don't know if we're the right fit. I, I think it, it just, it wasn't that clear. And then two years later, I get a letter in the mail saying, we're completely debt-free. You changed our life. We wow. have, you know, all this, you know, and I'm, I, I, you know, hardly remember, you know, I, I've, I've spent years, right? And it's like, wow, those, those guys, right? And it's actually funny because just a couple of weeks ago, I was at my kids take jujitsu um, locally, and I was sitting in one of the classes and one of the dads came over to me. And asked, he was like, Are, do you teach Latin? Or, you know, we have, you know, masks on and all that. Turns out he was in my class <laughs> over 10 years ago <laughs> and in another part of the state. Um, so he's, you know, 30, has a couple of kids and they're older than my kids. <laughs> I was like, wait, how did this happen? <laughs> but, um, and, and I, and he was one of those, you know, he wasn't a great Latin student, was there kind of because he had to be. And he's, I don't remember exactly what he said, but something really nice. Like, I knew you were rooting for me. I knew you had my best interest in mind. I knew you wanted to help me. Um, and that's like exactly the correlation, right? Mm -hmm. Not everyone wants to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I can't make everyone love Latin or be perfect. Same thing with the coaching, but it's, it's the, it's the boundaries that I can help them set. It is the mm -hmm. accountability. It is, 
my passion for the thing and, you know, just having anything that can trickle over, mm-hmm. um, is worth it. So it's amazing. Yeah, no, that's great. And so what does the, how do you utilize the outside and what does, what does that look like for you? And what does that bring to you personally? And what does that actually bring to your business? Oh gosh. So this is something I'm getting a lot better at. Um, mm-hmm. The winter is hard. If I'm, I mean, honestly, it is, it's hard in New Hampshire. The surfaces are so icy. It is just not safe to be mm-hmm. on, on the surfaces that I like to be the rest of the year. So I'm actually from my vantage right now, I'm looking out the window. Um, we have a rail trail along a river right in our backyard. I mean, if I left my seat now, I could be down there in less than a minute. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love having my fresh, you know, travel mug of coffee first thing in the morning after I drop my kids at school and I'll walk for about a half mile down to a really beautiful part of the river with a big bridge, lots of runners and bikers and walkers. And it is my backyard. And I can just take that time to think about my day, to just have that quiet, quiet time. I, we live in a pretty small house. I have two young kids. Um, I get claustrophobic very easily. And as much as I love the space and my family, I have found that there are times when I literally need to just go outside. (laughs) And so that has been a really good routine for me, pretty much from April to early December. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been working really hard to figure out how to get outside more over the winter. That has been going sledding and skiing with my kids Mm -hmm. on the weekend. Yeah. Um, And it has been working with my husband. We have a project outside we've been doing. And so a couple times a week, I'll go pick us up sandwiches Mm -hmm. and we'll just be outside, especially if it's a sunny day. Yesterday was one of these days. We just took an hour off from work in the middle of the day. We were out in the really warm sunshine, which is just so wonderful in February here. And just enjoy like some of the snow melt and just like being so excited for spring and renewal and just standing outside talking about it. Like, it sounds really ridiculous, but that <laughs> it's not like, ridiculous. really lights me up it's in really, the winter. Totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and winters yeah, so, in New England are, are dark. Yeah. It's dark. If they're super dark before the time really starts to creep up and yeah. And that's where we are now. It's creeping up now where mm -hmm. it's not dark at five o'clock and Mm -hmm. there's so daylight savings is in just about a month now. Um, How many days have you counted it out the hours and the days and the minutes till it changes? (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, no, but it's, I know it's right around a month. Well, so my daughter's birthday is early March and my husband's birthday is the end of March. So we kind of say we just get through November or February and then we sort of have like the birthdays and daylight savings and we can, we can get through 31 days of anything, right? Cause March <laughs> is really hard out here too. <laughs> Everyone thinks February is hard, but it's really March that you have to get through mm-hmm. before it's spring. So I, I really have not been going outside as much as I would like to this winter, but mm-hmm. that hope of doing it in the spring mm-hmm. has been so strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and part of it too, is just my kids are older. So I, it's easier for me to slip out. Um, and skiing has been really amazing for us too. My, both my parents and my brother have also moved to the area 
and they live in just gorgeous um, woodsy sort of locations. So I spend a lot of time walking with them, mm -hmm. um, at, you know, in their various locations. Um, yeah, I mean, this truly is the worst month to ask me that question. How do I get mm -hmm. outside? And that's, but um, that's also an important time to ask the question. It's just yeah. like when you're talking about um, your accounting person that that's good with numbers and is it, it's, it's important because understanding how you, you know, looking for roadblocks and things as well, but it is um, being, just being outside in the fresh air and in the springtime or just with the sun shining, it just makes a difference. It doesn't mean that you need to go on a 15 mile hike. It means that you just need to be outside in fresh air and listen to the birds and, and reground. One thing I really like is we have a back deck um, that basically serves no purpose <laughs> other than it has to be shoveled every time it snows. Um, that's not entirely true. I'd like to sit out there, um, you know, when it's nice out, but we have another porch that we sit on much more often. Anyway, the back deck has to be shoveled every time it snows mm -hmm. and I don't let anyone else do it, but me, because it's just, it takes just the right amount of time. If it's, you know, just warm enough, I can do it with just a sweatshirt on and boots and gloves. And it is a decent workout. Um, and that that's, it faces our sort of back to the woods and the river and the birds, if I do it mm -hmm. at the right time of day. So that's something that I definitely relish in mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. knowing that I need to go shovel the back deck. Don't Cause that's something I enjoy. The shovel, it's mine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's important. And you got to find it where you can find it and take advantage of it and, and do it. Absolutely. Totally. And so, so now go, go ahead. You were going to say something. Well, I was going to just one last thing too. I know um, a lot of weekends when it is really snowy, we will be by the wood stove. We'll all be hunkered down, you know, watching a movie or doing Lego kits or something, right? That's really what we're into these days. And my husband's really good about saying, okay, snowy hike, everybody, you know, get your stuff on. We're just going to walk around our property. We've got about five acres. Um, we're just going to, we have a trail sort of through with the woods. We're just going to do one lap. And then mm -hmm. we'll come in and make hot chocolate or something. And that 15, 20 minutes of getting outside and mm -hmm. walking through the snow is just, it, it totally, it wakes you up. It is so refreshing. Um, so that's something that we try to do every weekend. Yeah, no, it's, and it's good for the kids too, to just clear the cobwebs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have, so tell us how do, how do people find you and, you have Facebook groups, um, right? I have a Facebook group. Yep. The Simplified Budget is my Facebook group. The Simplified Budget podcast um, mm. is my newest endeavor. And that is my, it is behind the scenes. It is my coaching sessions with one of my clients. Wow. And so every single week um, we are sharing our, the recording of our sessions I occasionally do a solo episode to sort of just recap mm -hmm. some of the topics that have come up. Um, the episode that launched today is just a bonus session from a live stream that I did in my group, but the majority, right, we're following one woman's journey working with me. And it has been really amazing sharing that, wow. getting feedback, um, 
And I know that her story is so universal and yet unique at the same time. So she's a newly single mom, veteran, just trying to figure out how to go from survival mode to thriving in, mm-hmm. you know, COVID major transitions, moving to a new city, single mom, you know. So that has been just an amazing journey with her. It's been really exciting. Everything has happened to her over the months. So we've been working together. So that's been a really great project. So that's a good place to start is the podcast. Where do you Both find the, the group and the podcast on all platforms? So okay. um, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Google, mm-hmm. iHeartRadio both the group and the podcast are the simplified budget. That's fantastic. And your website as well. Um, website is in the, what okay. do you call it? It is it's being in, changed right it, now under yes, construction, under major construction. Yes. So no website to share right now. Okay. But the Facebook group simplified budget and yeah. um, you know, Katie, I want to, I want to really thank you for today and in sharing your story and your insight and, I really love how you help your clients take a deeper dive into such an, what can be such an uncomfortable um, topic, but can also be life-changing with hard work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think bringing it from uncomfortable to normal, usual, comfortable, something that we're just used to talking about. To celebration, really. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is a big, you know, a big, um, goal for me. So just normalizing, like you said, we don't talk about it enough and normalizing that conversation about money is huge. So, yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes. Go. So thanks so much to Katie and it was such fun, so much fun talking with her and, and Lynn, I actually met Katie through Lynn kind of, um, actually through Consergo. And so if anybody wants to know about Consergo, um, it, it's consergo.world, right, Lynn? Yes. Yes. So everybody check out consergo.world. It's a great resource for men and women and business owners and just about everybody. There's so many, there's so many facilitators that are offering time, including Lynn as a facilitator, facilitator, faculty, right word, a faculty for Consergo and um, great, great option. But anyway, so I really had a, such a good time talking with Katie and glad that we, we made this connection and through, through this new world we have that we're all virtual and have really been able to connect with great people. And that's what's put Lynn and myself to together. So I'm excited for Lynn's session of uh, rising up and take it away. Thanks so much, Jean. Yes, Katie is wonderful. And I'm so excited to talk to you guys today a little bit about, you know, we're always talking about nature and, and how it helps us get better from the inside out. And I've been thinking lately, you know, today is a new moon. And so I love questions. And what are the ways that nature helps us ask ourselves better questions is what I've been thinking about. And so the uh, there's an analogy of the moon and even the seasons right the phases of the moon and the seasons of the year you could look at it either way and the way a plant grows Uh, and if you think about the seed of an idea the seed of uh, a plant as the analogy here 
then we can kind of see how, you know, at the new moon when it's dark, right? The moon's not reflecting any light to us at the new moon. The seed is in the ground under the dark, not getting any light. Or in the winter, if you want to look at it from the seasons, right? It's the time of darkness. And then first quarter is analogous to spring. And we see the sprouts of the seed. And then, you know, the full moon is analogous to summer and the full blossoming. And then the last quarter is, you know, the harvest and the the preparing the fields to be fallow during the winter. And so what are the questions that come up for us? Well, the very first question that I thought of that I think is one that can help us all, you know, kind of be reflective and, and grow is what seeds am I planting? <laughs> but, you know, here we are on a new moon day. It's a great question to ask. What seeds do I want to plant this month and during this lunar cycle? And what, what do I want to create? What do I want to nurture? What do I want to see bloom in my life? Uh, what do I want to harvest in the end? And so I love that. And then that led me to ask, where am I playing small? Mm. So where would I like to create a bigger answer, right? And how can I use my intuition to guide me more, right? How can I uh, listen uh, to my inner voice, if you will, uh, more uh, adeptly to make that creation happen with ease? And so I love these questions and I have just an affirmation to offer on this new moon day. Um, the moon is also connected to our intuition historically and uh, so uh, the affirmation today for me, and I invite you to join me in it if you want to, is I trust my intuition to guide me through any difficulties I may face. Mm. I trust my intuition to guide me. And then I plant amazing seeds, right? You got to be intentional about planting those seeds and then trusting our intuition to guide us. So. Jean, that's what I have for you today on this day of the new moon. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And before we go, let's do one. Let's plant another seed. Okay. So let's quickly talk about Be More Conference if we can. Absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, the Be More Conference is a one day event on March the 19th. And it is um, it, it's going to be amazing. 14 speakers, all of whom are giving 20-minute segments, so bite-sized segments, and uh, it's an amazing group of speakers. It is only $27 for the whole day and includes the free bonus of recordings of all the speakers, so if you can't be there the whole day, it's all right. You find mm -hmm. the tickets at bemoreconference.com. Thank you, and it's open for business owners, but also open for everyone. Absolutely true. Yes. And, Absolutely. and there are speakers from many different backgrounds offering many different thoughts and ideas yes. and teachings. Absolutely. Our theme this time is, this is the third time we've done the Be More Conference. And our theme this time is living in alignment, your genius is calling. So we have segments that are particular to business, a few, but we have things that serve us no matter what we're 
creating in our lives or what age or stage we are in. Mm -hmm. It is the Be More Conference for Women. Wonderful. And so um, people can sign up through bemoreconference.com. There is a link when you go to the website, there's a link. It's very easy to find and fill in your information, pay your $27 and show up on um, Saturday the 19th. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynn. We'll see you next time. And next time we'll be back on the 16th at 2 p.m. Pacific. And we'll be talking with Wendy Darling. I'm really excited for the conversation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Driving, driving, so surviving. I keep on thriving, thriving.